You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. As Peter Vincent's leaving, he checks his mirror, sees that this guy has no reflection, he's like, f*** me. <laughs> oh, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Hops in his car, like any self-respecting gay man, he sees the drama and says, I'm either going to do one of two things, I'm going to get heavily involved, or yes. I'm just going to cart it and leave. podcast episode one where two homos called liam will look at all things to do with horror we'll be discussing the 1985 film fright night as directed by tom holland tom holland not to be confused with the twink who plays (laughs) spider-man although i would very much like him to bite into my neck oh wow i think we, we need like a spicy counter on this on this podcast for, for yeah, just how spicy right. things are going to get. <laughs> well, if my notes are anything to go by, it might have to come with a content warning a bit later. Good God. Is this bitch for real? I included photos to... in my notes, and I was like, who's that for? Because this is an audio <laughs> podcast. And I realized, that's just for me. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Just doing that, that, that key research that you need to do. You definitely yeah. need to look uh, at everything. To. I do. I need to make sure that some videos don't play during this as well, and I'll <laughs> explain why later. Anyway, hi Liam. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very warm. We're just, we're filming this on a day when we've had an unexpected heat wave. It's literally so unbelievably hot. Like, I mean, for for the people listening at home, just to let you know, this is our second go at starting this podcast because my laptop's just overheated. So <laughs> you you best believe that we're just two hot puddles of people at the moment just trying to make this podcast for you so i did not sign up for this wait a minute how do you not know what you're signing up for you dirty did this girl i mean yeah just right that's the end of the podcast just get out Liam. we've made (laughs) a grave error (laughs) no but i do want to get my teeth into uh Uh, the first episode this is Um, you're killing me (laughs) as we were saying we'll be discussing the 1985 film fright night not the remake with Colin Farrell, but there are notes on that too. Um, Daddy, chill. Anyway, enough of the smut. We can save that for later. I have watched this film many, many times, but this happens to be this week I've watched it more times than I could could possibly count, as well as I've done some extracurricular research. <laughs> and by that, I mean... Just biting random people. <laughs> yeah, I've been biting people. Liam is now a vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went out, I found a vampire. I was like, just, just drain me. Like, What's the vampire? I was just on Grinder, and yeah. I mean, that's anyway. that's a horror horror story in itself. That app, but yeah, we'll get into what that. <laughs> I decided to read the comics as well, of which there are a few. Are the comics uh, prequels or sequels? Sequel. To, to the original To 85. the original, yeah. Okay. It doesn't mention the um, the second film. Oh, does it not? Um, no. Okay, interesting. How did you first find out about Fright Night? How did you, how did you get into it? So, my mum doesn't like horror films at all, but she's got an obsession with The Lost Boys. It's like a favourite. Her two favourite films have the word boys in the title. And I, oh! Okay. It's The Lost Boys and Boys in the Hood. They're my mum's two favourite films. Vastly different films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, when I was about seven or eight, I walked downstairs and she was watching The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you can't watch this. This isn't for kids. And I was like, I don't care. I want to watch it. I can see vampires. So <laughs> I watched it. And then uh, because I really liked it, my mum was like, oh, we should watch Fright Night next. So we yeah. went to Buster, where my nana worked at the time. And we Keeping it in the family. Night. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and that's where I discovered it and I fell in love. I'd say it was a gay awakening, but that, that happened many years prior. <laughs> Why are you gay? But it definitely, definitely awakens something. Yeah. 
I mean, I think it's funny that you mentioned Lost Boys because I do feel like in some way, obviously, they were very, they were both responsible for kind of shooting some new energy into the arm of like vampire movies in the 80s, weren't Mm -hmm. they? Um, But I I feel like they do go together quite well. Um, And I think it is because they do have those layers and sexy sexy vampires and and sexy vampires yeah. yeah i think as well i always kind of forget with fright night and lost boys it's funny that you said that you were like told oh i can't watch this it's not a kids film mm-hmm. you kind of forget how gory and gross absolutely these films are <laughs> like yeah yeah it's, upon it's re-watching insane. it it must have been a couple of years since i watched it last I, I'd, I'd even go far and say it might have been even a decade since i last watched it until you know, watching it for this. And yeah. I, I just, I was really shocked. I was like, oh, okay, this goes harder than I ever <laughs> thought it did. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird because I completely forgot just, I mean, one, how great some of the practical effects are, but like two, mm-hmm. as you said, like how intense some of those sequences are. Like, I mean, in places it's absolutely harrowing uh, to watch. Yeah. Um, I forgot about the boobs as well. I forgot oh that God. Was, you see some boobs in it. I, I was completely <laughs> just all the boobs in, in that film. I've got um, an interesting bit of trivia about that. About the boobs? Um, about some some boobs. Um, but oh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll get into that. But for the people at home who haven't seen Fright Night, do you want to tell us a bit about what the story is and the general gist of of, of this tale? <laughs> so we're in a sleepy little suburban town in America, which I just need to say, first and foremost... I don't know any town that has architecture that looks like this. <laughs> we start. Yep. I can't imagine just walking down the road and being like, oh, there's a nice little, like, you know, three-bedroom detached house. Yeah. And next door is this lovely gothic mansion. I just... It, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, let's, let's go into the synopsis because I can talk about <laughs> the architecture in that as well. No, I completely um, agree. Completely agree. It's... Uh, I, I think that's the point, isn't it? It's supposed to be kind of like, okay, that's the house that every kid in this neighbourhood is terrified of. I want to be that person, though. Do you know when, like, when you were a kid and you <laughs> walk past the house and you'd always be like, oh, a witch lives there. That's the house <laughs> You I want to be the witch. <laughs> I want to be the witch and I want kids to avoid me. Even better. I'm not going to lie. I do feel like that is quite the aspiration. <laughs> so, <laughs> to, to give a brief synopsis of this film, uh, we're in a sleepy little suburban town in america where charlie brewster lives with his incredible mother yeah next door moves in a mysterious stranger charlie's quite transfixed by this stranger and his living servant <laughs> houseboy yeah <laughs> handyman mm. <laughs> yeah so our main character charlie is very suspicious thinks things aren't quite right says this to his best mate evil ed <laughs> and his missus who's just I, I, I i've watched this about 20 times and i can't remember a name because she's that boring do you think okay interesting we'll get into that amy is yeah, is her name amy, amy peterson oh, well moving on moving. um <laughs> turns out spoiler alert if you haven't seen it the next door neighbor's only a bloody vampire. Oh, he's only gone and he's done it. Only a bloody vampire. <laughs> yeah. He's only gone and done a naughty thing and killed some women. <laughs> so Charlie's like, oh no. Tells everyone who'll hear him. No one believes him. Side note, Charlie's a big horror nerd like myself. Yeah. Watches an Elvira S show uh, with Peter Vincent. Uh, basically, long story short, he goes to talk to Peter. His mates convince Peter to come and chat to Jerry and be like, Oi, come, come and set him on the right path. He's obviously full of shit. <laughs> Peter Vincent's like, yeah, show me the money. <laughs> show, they show him the money. He turns up, does some tests. He's like, oh, he's not a vampire, Charlie. You, you're an idiot. Charlie's like, oh, okay. But then, as Peter Vincent's leaving, he checks his mirror, sees that this guy has no reflection. He's like, f*** me. <laughs> I'm gone. Ops in his car. Like any self-respecting gay man, he sees the drama and says, I'm either going to do one of two things. I'm going to get heavily involved or I'm just going to cart it and leave. At first, he carts it and leaves, which is, you know, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. But then 
like a dickhead, he gets involved <laughs> because as any messy gay will tell you, where there's drama, we have to get involved. So, of course, <laughs> he comes in, he just does what you think. He just all, does it all wrong, basically. Yeah. He's just like, I think I'm bigger and harder than you because I, <laughs> you know, I was in a couple of films that were a bit shite. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then... It, I'm really selling this to you. And You're doing well. I, I, I want to watch off. it. <laughs> oh, good. Well, it all cracks off. Sexy uh, vampire Jerry confronts Charlie and Amy in a club. He kidnaps Amy. He's like, come on then, Charlie. If you think you're big <laughs> enough, come over. Come and rescue your girlfriend. If you're that interested in her, you come over into the house. Or if you're that interested in me, you come over. <laughs> yeah. To I, yeah, I think it's the latter, to be honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll go into my my monologue about Jerry soon. Okay. Uh, Two hours later. Basically, Charlie goes over. Bing, bang, bong. <laughs> Big fight. His best mate. Oh, his best mate, by the way, has been turned into a vampire. He cocks it. Or does he? <laughs> yeah. Plot twist. Yeah. And then... <laughs> They all confront each other. They end up killing Jerry. No, God, please, no, no! It, it's very sad. The world's yeah. lost a sexy vampire. In the end, it's like, oh, we're all okay now. Peter Vincent's got his show back. By the way, Peter Vincent lost his show, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, Charlie and his missus are on the bed. They're about to do the, the nasty. And then <laughs> Charlie gets distracted by the house again because he sees two two glowing red orbs and that's fright night <laughs> welcome to fright night for real it's it i think it's a very very good film <laughs> very very oh, good I film lo- i forgot how much i loved that i forgot how yeah. much i appreciated it as like a younger younger person watching it yeah like i really because it was like it was horror but it wasn't like horrifying Yes, yeah. So, but as I've grown up, I've like really started to appreciate it a lot more. And yeah. there's like cues that I was like, hang on, this isn't just straight up. Straight up. <laughs> this isn't hey. straight up anything, no. This isn't absolutely. straight. This is not straight. <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I personally, I came to see this film uh, a bit like later in life. Like I think I was in college when I first checked this out. So I'd have been like 16, 17. And I think it is, it's one of those uh, weird films that you, I think you could quite easily watch it and not see the queerness in it. And you could just yeah. watch it and it just be a story of this lad who's trying to get laid and he gets distracted by a vampire next door, off the vampire, and then it finishes with him hopefully getting laid. But it's, I don't know, you know, as the years have gone on, um, and I think, yeah, as I've kind of watched it a lot more and particularly now from the perspective I have like of watching it, it's, it's kind of like, God, how did I miss this? It's like when you watch the, the I don't know, the Pixar films back or like kids films of the eighties and they're just full of like sex jokes and <laughs> you just completely <laughs> missed them when you were a kid and you're wondering like why your mum and dad are like having a, a whale of a time next to you. I it's, think one of the reasons why you'd be confused as to why this film isn't gay at all is because Charlie dresses like absolute shit. Nerve. She had the nerve to wear those ugly ass shoes. I give that to her. <laughs> We don't have a stylish protagonist at all. Good God, those <laughs> ugly, heavy tweed blazers. Yeah, like like ill-fitting chinos and a and a shit shirt. I look at someone like like I'll go into this soon. But Charlie's mum's a gay icon. Yeah, straight. Charlie's mum's a gay. No way would she let her child dress like that. No, there's no way anyone would let that. I mean, what kid <laughs> walks around? Who's it? What kid who's in high school? would walk around looking like an impotent accountant. I'm an accountant. <laughs> not just an That's accountant. Not get you late, Charlie. An impotent accountant. The thing is though, I think the reason it stands out so much though is the fact that the rest of the cast have such like they almost have too much style. <laughs> like yeah. especially Jerry. I mean, Jerry <laughs> is just just everything. It's like a time capsule of the 80s, but he does stick out as just being just just terrible. <laughs> It's boring. Yeah. Like, if he was... is uh, At least he's pretty. I'll give him that. At yeah. least he's pretty. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, like rewatching it recently, kind of thought he came off as a bit of a dick. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, he's not the most likable. Like, I'm not saying like Evil Ed is obviously intentionally, I'd say, annoying his best friend. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a bit of a dick. Like the stuff that he puts Amy through, poor thing. Like she's absolutely. literally. I mean, <laughs> getting I, naked. I think that's. I think that's quite. I like it when they put a protagonist with flaws. Like, mm. I really enjoy it, but I feel like the, the real villain of the movie is Charlie Brewster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is one of those weird, weird films where you you kind of don't want the bad guy to get defeated. Um, oh, and no. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you kind of Definitely leave the not. you leave the film like, oh, okay, well, good prevailed again. Hey ho. <laughs> I don't know. You know, when you first watched it, then obviously everyone's journey is different, like in in how they kind of perceive things and identify. Um, and you were kind of saying that you you pretty much always come at it, I think, from a bit of a queer perspective. But did you always Absolutely. think it was quite gay? I never, th- I never thought the film was gay as a kid. Mm. That's because, like. I don't know why that is. I think it's just because I just didn't see it with that lens. But yeah. I did think from a young age that I, 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 I'm being serious when I say this, that Jerry was absolutely drop-dead gorgeous, sexy, beautiful, everything. <laughs> but and I always thought that Peter Vincent was gay. Always. Oh, God, Even yeah. as a kid. Yeah. I was like, he, that's, He's that's fabulous. homosexual, man. He is yeah. fabulous in, in I every have way. This, um, I have this like fan fiction in my head. Okay. Of Peter Vincent and Elvira. Yeah. Being mates. They exist in the same universe. I can see it. They're mates. <laughs> yeah. They go out every weekend <laughs> on the lash together. Elvira yeah. tries to get him laid. Yeah. I feel like he's the sort of person who would, who would just never get laid though. Like ever. <laughs> no. Or he'd be the opposite. He'd be like the one you don't expect. Oh, he'd, <laughs> he'd be an absolute beast. Room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just he's got he, he just um, pulls a book you know, on his bookshelf. Like beds that you pull down. <laughs> yeah. Beds that like, stuff you pull down, but he pulls it down, and it is a set. <laughs> and there's all like huge double <laughs> on the walls. So. My God. but they're all horror themed. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm laughing at how much I'm going to have to beep out of this. <laughs> but I, I don't know. You know, talking about stakes, I always interpreted especially that character as as being gay yeah peter vincent is played by roddy mcdowell who was i believe he was openly gay anyway i think obviously he came from a time where it maybe wasn't the coolest to to be a gay man in hollywood he was never he was never was he not never explicitly say that he was gay but it was well known in hollywood that he was and he had a fling with rock hudson oh so Everyone at home, I'm sorry that you can't see this, but I found a lovely photo of Roddy McDowell and Tab Hunter. So I mean, back in his day, Roddy McDowell was... Yeah, uh, yeah, he wasn't bad, was he? He was not bad at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I um, I was watching the... Um, I, I mean, I'll give the, a shout out to, to this documentary. So anyone listening, if you like Fright Night, there's a great documentary and book... Um, called You're So Cool Brewster, The Story of Fright Night, by uh, Gary Smart and Neil Morris, produced by uh, Dead... I believe it's Dead Mouse Productions. And I actually picked their stuff up at a horror convention. I think it was Birmingham Horror Convention a couple of years back. And I don't know, there's like a three-and-a-half-hour documentary about Fright Night 1 and 2, which is which is ace. Um, and the director, Tom Holland, said that he, he knew Roddy McDowell used to throw like these soirees like these parties and i think on on one day of the week he'd have his straight party and then on a friday he'd he'd throw his like gay bash and and that's when he'd get together with like all his queer friends get me in a time machine but yeah like it sounds incredible (laughs) because um tom holland said that he actually found himself at one of these parties and uh vincent price was there who was initially actually supposed to play the role but i think due to ill health he wasn't able to. Well, that's to do where it. the name comes from. Yes, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's the perfect amalgamation and kind of parody, isn't he, of uh, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price? Which, yeah. Like, I mean, absolutely. they couldn't have done it better. Uh, quite honestly, I what I could not imagine anyone else in the role. Mm. I'm really glad that in the remake they changed. It was very different. Yeah, changed the characterization. 
Yeah. Um, it was still very good. It was for a different audience, but I'm glad that they, because I don't think that performance could be topped. No. Peter Vincent probably could be topped. <laughs> uh, Peter Vincent probably well, has been topped quite a few times, yeah, but many times, many, yeah. many times. <laughs> I think the, I, I think it would be interesting. Um, I don't think they've ever kind of said that it was written, um, the character or the film as like explicitly queer, but I mean, there were, there were decisions that were made creatively that could only, if you really look at it, be taken kind of one way. I agree. I think, I think some of it comes from, they, I mean, there's like a really throwaway line in it when Mrs. Brewster's looking out of the window. Yeah. And she sees that the new guy's moved in next door, Jerry. You seen the new guy next door yet? No, but I did hear he's got a live-in carpenter. My luck, he's probably gay. No, I don't think so. She's not saying it in a bad way. Well, she is. No. She's been like, oh, just my look that hunky man moves into the neighborhood absolutely he's probably going <laughs> disappointed there's, there's also then no reaction to that there's no no there's yeah. no there's none of that and that for that the time that would have been incredible minor to a lot of people listening yeah. to net now but in the 80s to hear that with no with no comeback to it no mm. biting reaction to that is a huge huge thing i i yeah. still was when i was watching it, i was like oh f- I've never noticed that before. Yeah. But, yeah, and that's one of the many reasons why I love Mrs. Brewster. Yeah, I mean, she completely steals the show. She's not in many of the... uh, She's not in much of the film, is she, really? She is obviously, like, a a sub-character. And I think they tried to beef up the part when they they did the remake, and obviously we had Tony Collette in that role. But... I think I, f- <laughs> I did forget just how funny she actually was in the original, and like you said, yeah. it it would seem throwaway, but for that that that, that was progression, right? Like I have right a there. Theory. Okay, I have okay. A theory. Her gaydar was going up like crazy, <laughs> but it was just in the wrong direction. She was looking at neighbours, and a gaydar was going off, but it was actually coming from the twink stood next to her. It was like a twinky ugly dressed son coming in and you know. know you know though you know that mrs brewster the minute she thought they were gay she wanted to go out and the lash with them because yes not long after this scene she offers her son a valium <laughs> that's go to that's bed parenthood right there. go to bed go to sleep and let mommy go out <laughs> but she offers him a valium and i'm like i want to party with mrs brewster <laughs> so bad she was she, as soon as she thought she had gay neighbors in her head she was like right we're gonna go see a drag show then we're gonna we're gonna go to a bar we're gonna get turned <laughs> and then we're gonna plan going to circuit parties together that's that she's she's living the dream she's she's already she's having a she's whale of a time <laughs> i mean that's probably why she doesn't hear the absolute racket that jerry makes when uh when he enters the house <laughs> later but we'll uh we'll get on to that but one thing i t- still touching upon that which i find quite interesting and i mean again I, I don't think i'd seen this done before was the fact that i don't know jerry had, had obviously moved in with his with with his living handyman billy but the idea of them being a gay couple was almost like the disguise to cover the fact that obviously he was a vampire because it will perfectly explain why a man of that age didn't have a wife and kids, why he was living yeah. like with a guy. And I don't know, particularly obviously the time, we've got to give it context. It would have been a time when gay was kind of like considered to be like this evil thing, wasn't it? Like AIDS was rife. It was kind of getting into all of that time um but i suppose that would kind of be a perfect disguise because it means people wouldn't ask questions they wouldn't want well, to know in 1985 when you know when the whole aids epidemic blew up like mm. because that was the year that rock hudson died yeah like and it was well documented that he died of complications with hiv aids and so like that was it's it's, I quite mean, it's, a, it's quite a year. It's quite yeah, a year in I mean, history. It's it's absolutely awful. I, I mean, uh, one of the lines I noticed you're going to kind of later on when um, just before Evil Ed kind of gets converted, Charlie like makes a comment about the fact that a vampire wouldn't want him. What do we do? Let him go. No vampire's going to want him anyway. Probably give him blood poison. Well, I always saw Ed as a, a gay character as well, and I think there is this 
the the relationship between uh, Peter Vincent and Evil Ed is a key one to the story, oh, and it yeah, very much absolutely. comes full circle. So well, I think Ed says like, I, 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 yeah, with, with Ed, he calls he calls everyone a f- fruitcake. He does. He does. He calls, he calls Charlie a fruitcake quite a lot. <laughs> but there's a line that he does say to Charlie at one point. Amy. She finally find out what you're really like. Buzz off, <laughs> evil. I think I think Charlie and Ed have, have experimented when they were when uh, they were younger. Maybe Ed's just not got over it, <laughs> or maybe Charlie no. hasn't processed how he feels about it. Because I don't know. Amy is like <laughs> he, he kind of starts Amy, it off. It, to be fair though, Amy is the girl. If you were going to pick a beard, Amy would be the. <laughs> Amy would be the girl you choose to be your beard. I thought Amy was she, she's, lovely, like a really nice character, and I, I don't know. I thought she was, I thought she was pretty when she, hot. Uh, no, no, no. She, I think she was quite plain looking until she gets the the vampire makeover, and yep. she gets a new set of weave. She I mean, gets, yeah. We we do need to talk about. She looks this. fantastic there. Where, where does where does all this extra hair come from? <laughs> Um, so I have a theory. It's it's and okay. So this this goes into my. I'll, I'm sorry for bringing Twilight up, everyone. But ugh. Twilight, they're all. The reason why Bella goes from looking plain to beautiful is because it, it's explained in the book that they're supposed to be that beautiful that they attract their prey. Okay. You know, like birds have beautiful things to mate with people and stuff. Yeah, and certain flowers like Venus flytraps will look gorgeous until they snap them up to attract yeah. their prey. The same goes for vampires. They're that beautiful because they need to lure in their prey. I mean, yeah, that mm. that makes sense. That makes sense, actually. But Ed never gets the Ed never gets the glove up. He no, I like, mean he um, just looks worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In every so, way. I mean, he does kind of get a glow up with the raggedy Ann wig. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's, he's serving a lot when oh, <laughs> that, that scene. That scene is fantastic. I forgot all about that scene and when it happened. I was like, do you know when Roxy Andrews does the wig reveal in Drag Race? It, and Michelle reacts to her, like, yes. waving her finger and snapping. That was me with Evil Ed and his raggedy arm wig. Work, work. <laughs> I was throwing pound coins at my TV screen, tiffing I mean, the thing is, is it just, it just does not make sense at all. And the fact that um, Peter Vincent walks in and still thinks it's Charlie's mom. Yeah, this is what this... women look like. <laughs> It's, he shows he literally knows so little about women's bedrooms. <laughs> I think we've just made a discovery right there. All women go to bed in a in a woolen wig. <laughs> it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Going into this rewatching it again, I, I knew I kind of had to keep keep my eye out for the gay stuff. So, was there anything that you noticed in particular that maybe you hadn't seen earlier or? I don't know anything that you you kind of missed in the last few years when you'd watched it. Yes and no. <laughs> was it gayer um, than you remember, or was it was it just about so, the same? <laughs> so it's it's so there's there's little like the I've paid more attention to the dialogue. Yes, I've already yeah, for sure. Said a few things about that. There's um, I feel like Mrs. Brewster bringing her up again knows that <laughs> the icon the legend a fruitcake <laughs> because when when amy and charlie come down she's yeah. like oh thanks for helping charlie with his homework and i feel like mrs brewster's a type of mum who'd be like will you say did you yeah. use anything she knows nothing happened up there she knows that a son was going to wimp out yeah in the end or 100%. something was going to happen and that's and the way she says it's quite tongue-in-cheek and yep. it can be read as oh i know what you're doing not doing your homework but i i see it a different way i now see it as thanks for helping him with his homework because <laughs> yeah, that's all you're ever gonna do when i first watched it i never really thought of charlie as a gay protagonist and i, I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. obviously really hammered home um but it is hard to kind of keep ignoring the amount of times he shuts Amy down. Do you want to make love or not? <laughs> like, mm. Amy Amy couldn't really be doing any more. Because he is... I, I personally think he's punching. Like, especially, like you said, when she gets the vampire yeah, yeah. up at the end. she's Amy could have been stood there with her <laughs> actually in his mouth. <laughs> and he'd still find a way of being like, 
Oh no! It, he well, he literally does. He literally it, the film opens with him like making out with her, and then his eyes just go to two men taking a large package inside the house, and he's just mm-hmm. he's gone. And then she's like stripped down. The film. I was also looking at Jerry's large package too. <laughs> so, oh my god! I mean, just kind of slightly going off tangent, but I was I was reading an article um, earlier, um, like about the queerness in Fright Night, and it was. Um, it was an article by, I, I believe, a, a lesbian identifying cis female, and she was saying that that film kind of halted her coming out because she had this idea of what men should be because of Jerry in this film. Mm-hmm. And even though she was attracted to women, she was like, "Oh no, I can't be, I can't be a lesbian because I like Jerry so much." So I yeah. think he throws up a lot of confusion for a lot of people. Um, he's uh, extremely charming, so I kind of I see. I see where the attraction lies. Well, there's there's a scene. Well, I'm, I'm just right. I'm sorry. I know we were stopping on tangent, but I need. I just need a Jerry moment. I just need to <laughs> talk about Jerry for a moment. Every time Jerry comes on screen, there's this like soft porn music playing with this like, <laughs> bow, 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 guitar yeah. playing in every scene that he appears in, and it like I was just like. That music was made for that man. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But it's like proper... So- like, the first note I've got on here is I would let Jerry do unspeakable things to me. <laughs> There's a scene where it, it pans on Jerry's arse. Do, you know do you know in the club scene when he's, like, seducing Amy? Yeah. She puts her hands on his arse, but the, the camera lingers on it for a bit too long. And I would personally <laughs> like to thank Tom Holland from the bottom of my... <laughs> Heart for that. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank wow. you, Tom Holland. Just I mean, for that, because you didn't, and and whoever edited that as well, you you could have just cut away, but you just lingered. Just you that, just lingered. Just, just a that bit right too much. amount of time for me to sit there and question my relationship, <laughs> my identity, my everything. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there's got to have been a point where they they reached some decisions where they were like because I mean I don't know you know with with vampires in general the whole mythos and everything and we mentioned Lost Boys but even like the classic uh, old vampire films they they always had this air of sexuality about them didn't they like vampires Mm -hmm. could very easily be like avatars for queer people in terms of seducing prey and no matter what the gender or or whatever it was it was acceptable because it was the food chain as opposed Mm -hmm. to it being like i don't know romance or or something so i i i I don't know i mean again referring back to the the documentary tom holland like literally said you know the scene where uh, jerry's hand gets penetrated by charlie with the with the pencil with the pencil Um, he when he kind of transports himself back to his house and he rings Charlie, Billy is literally knelt down on his knees in front of, yeah. in front of Jerry. Like, yeah. I mean, the the oh, angle as well that Charlie sees it yeah. from, it just looks like he's, Char- he's... Oh my God, he says that line to Charlie, though. I just destroyed your card, Charlie. But that's nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you tomorrow night. Good God. <laughs> But that's it. It's like, you know, me watching that, like, probably before I became comfortable with, like, who I am, I would have just seen that and just been like, oh, he's, he's just talking about the fact he's going to rip his throat out. But now he's like, no, <laughs> he's, he's no. talking about other things <laughs> that he's yeah. going to do. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I had to, like, I, I think I actually. Like the first time, right? Like not the first time when I was a kid, but first time <laughs> re going back in as an adult. I had to pause after that line. I was like, "Good God!" Oh, he needs God. some milk. Stick had to cool yourself on. down. Yeah. <laughs> Again with Jerry, and I keep going back to Jerry and the dialogue that he uses. But he mm. says to Ed at some point when he just before he turns Ed and he's stalking him in that alleyway. Yeah. He's like I know what it's like being different. You don't have to be afraid of me. I know what it's like being different. Only they won't pick on you anymore. Or beat you up. I'll see to that. All you have to do is take my hand. Here, Edward. Take my hand. 
that scene mm-hmm. is I mean that's that's usually that's the sort of scene that you would have been used to seeing like I don't know Dracula with uh, like Mina or that sort of thing yeah. it's, it's kind of like um, you, you'd yeah. expect and the way that he takes him into his coat as well exactly. is so seductive it's so tender it's so like uh-huh. vulnerable and and I mean I don't think at any point, it, it, it was very clear he wasn't doing that because he had to. He wasn't hunting. He wasn't. Plus, also, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first in this one, not the remake, but obviously this is the first person we've kind of seen Jerry turn as well. And I think that speaks yeah. volumes, um, as well as the fact that I think he chooses very actively to not kill Charlie because he has so many opportunities. Yeah. He loves yeah, he toying with him. Does. Absolutely. So this. This, my longest note that I made was <laughs> Jerry's whole role in this film. Whole role. <laughs> whole role. Whole role. Uh, anyway, but um, <laughs> the whole purpose of Jerry's being in this film is to make Charlie accept who he is. Yeah. He's like that older gay mentor who's given him tough love because he could have killed him at any point. Yeah, definitely. And he's like, I feel like when he, when he turns Amy... It's yeah. not to be like, oh, I'm, I'm taking her, so you've got to come over and I can kill you. It's like, you don't look at you, you don't need her. You yeah. don't need me. Absolutely. Yeah. His whole thing is, everything he's doing is to try and get Charlie to accept who he is. And... Mm. Mm. I think it's, it's funny you say that, because I also thought that it worked in some ways for him trying to get Peter Vincent to kind of maybe acknowledge who he is as well because i mean it's very obvious obviously we've said he's this gay man who's clearly playing straight in in hollywood and i mean that's pretty much hammered home right from the start with the fact that he has this phallic stake and he has it the wrong (laughs) way the point is like facing his (laughs) is is pointing to his his face and his mouth and he like goes off screen but i mean even evil ed who we can read as, as as a gay character confronts him and says he used to admire him and he found out until obviously he found out how fake he was and i mean i don't think that's him saying you're not a real vampire killer i think that's him saying like i thought you were this openly like gay man but you're not you're just hiding yeah um to the point where it's i mean you know when peter vincent actually then gets to jerry's house billy is there and like uh, Jerry kind of drapes himself over him, and and I mean that's I think that's probably the the gayest oh, moment between where, the two, where where he's just like cuddling Billy, yeah. where Jerry's cuddling Billy from behind. I mean it's it's Ooh. it's a thing. It's, it's definitely a thing. But to the point where Peter literally runs out of the house, <laughs> as opposed to like facing <laughs> that this might be what happens yeah. between two men. Peter definitely goes on this this journey, and I think he then comes to terms with who who he is after he's penetrated Ed, and yeah. um, he kind of comes back to the house and he's ready to to do battle. You could very easily see that Jerry's playing with with uh, Charlie. And I mean, the apple, the forbidden fruit, the temptation, all of these things. It's very Always clear. eating fruit. It's con- like- <laughs> constantly eating there's, fruit. There's, there's your message there. There's the game. <laughs> it's because he's fruity. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite scenes is like the most heartbreaking scene is where Peter Vincent's just killed my state evil heads. And they don't, they could have easily have like cut that so it's a lot shorter yeah. than it is because it goes on for a while and it's so heartbreaking yeah. and that yeah. tear that falls in his eye and absolutely oh god i mean i don't know it was very much if we'd seen like at that time we would have seen like the howling and american werewolf in london and mm-hmm. we'd had all these transformation scenes but i think it does stand out to me because obviously it's a reverse transformation in a lot of ways it's because it has this human element to it like it's he d- mm-hmm. i don't think he he didn't want to kill him necessarily it was no. kill or be killed but at the same time it doesn't make it any any less heartbreaking well, what really when, when it happens. really got me was like if you think about the time when this was filmed mm. 
the gay population was being ravaged and wiped out by a disease that was transforming their body and withering people away. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of older gay people were just seeing all the young, well, it wasn't just the young, but you know what I mean? It was like they were seeing this disease wipe out this younger population. Yeah. And they were watching people die slowly and cruelly left, right, mm. and center. Yeah. And watching it this time around, like never thinking of it in that context mm. before. Yeah. I, oh my God, my heart broke absolutely yeah. bro. i mean it, it takes on a completely new new i don't know meaning reading whatever you, you want to call it when you look at it that way because mm-hmm. it is it is literally yeah we're watching like this person who should have had his whole life ahead of him just wither and like that would have unfortunately been the experience for a lot of queer people at that time so, I mean, looking at the film, I think the it's not only the story and some of the journeys that these characters go on that makes it undeniably queer in my eyes. I think also we've got to take into account that there's a good portion of the cast were also mm-hmm. part of the LGBTQIA plus community. So uh, did you know much about that or was that something? Because I personally, I kind of found it out as I was doing research for this. I didn't yeah, I, know that off the bat. I I didn't know... I, I knew uh, I knew Roddy McDowell. I knew yeah. of Roddy McDowell. But the one that got me was Evil Ed. Yes. Stephen I Jeffries, know. I believe. Uh, yeah. His or name, Sam yeah. Ritter. Or, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll um, get into that. <laughs> but I didn't know... I, I had no idea that he was a homosexual in no. in real life knowing that and then watching it with that as well was mm. was great it was a really good way of of watching it with a different perspective absolutely the reason why we say sam ritter is because uh stephen jeffries uh went on to have quite a successful career in the in the porn industry <laughs> yes um, so that's where some of my extracurricular <laughs> Uh, research went to um, yep. I watched a few scenes there was a scene that was set in a boarding school um, oh god you have done your research so to give a brief synopsis of that and <laughs> to go scene by scene <laughs> can you imagine uh, this is the part of the podcast where we give a play by play of one of our favourite porn films <laughs> I th- one thing I'd, I'd, just to briefly touch on the remake mm. Uh, I don't want to go on about it too much because it's not something I really... I think it can be enjoyed as a separate entity, but I don't really feel like it's... It's not Fright Night to me, but there's a lot of... A lot of... It it seemed like it was intentionally made with every line being like, no homo in front of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they completely dropped it, um, I think, in the remake. I mean, there's obviously whiffs of sexuality that come through is whiffs the right word i'm uh, i'm just thinking about david tennant and those trousers to be honest oh but um, yes, so <laughs> I, I don't know i think the there's almost an understated uh sexual kind of presence in some ways with jerry in the original like he he is this sexy character but he's not yeah. colin fowell having to wear a tight t-shirt doing physical labor in the front yard i mean <laughs> it, it it helps but do you know what i mean he's sexy in a very yeah. different way I, still i will say chris sarandon who plays jerry obviously he features in the remake um as well uh-huh. and still still looks still, still would but just just rounding up the the queer cast amanda beers who also played amy is uh, a lesbian in real life really so yeah it like pretty much the essential like key players of the cast ah. that like you you look at i mean basically all of charlie's aides are part of the lgbtqia plus community in real oh, life God. which I, I think is 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 interesting no i'm i love that yeah oh i, I mean, have no idea and now i want to rewatch it knowing that that Amy's uh, the person who plays Amy is a lesbian. Like now, I, I, I want to rewatch it again. Right? Should we cancel this recording? I'll watch yeah. it again, and we'll just w- yeah. watch it. For, watch it for the twenty-first time, and then uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back together. I don't know, obviously, again, if it was something that she was open or comfortable with at the time, but it's certainly mm-hmm. obviously something that people know now. I, I I don't know. Watching the film, I personally thought that she she did an amazing job because I do think she went from like this drippy character to this 
sexual beast obviously by the end and the funny bit of information that I, I wanted to say not only did her hair get longer they also made fake breasts for her for that finale so when she oh. has that white dress on and she looks absolutely stunning before she turns into a great white shark um <laughs> she she has they like i mean and apparently she hung on to them for quite some time as well so oh, um, yeah, I, well. She, I mean yeah she, she was a, she was a, basically a drag queen in that finale the, the well, makeup was amplified the hair got longer and the <laughs> were just huge well <laughs> you saying that i want to know how would you make this film gayer I think, <laughs> apart from the obvious, apart from the obvious, you know, I can't sleep with you. I'm gay. So, it, like for me, for me, th- th- there's some subtle things they could have done. Okay. So when we first see Jerry seducing that lady with her boobies out, yeah, you see these fingernails get really long. And now imagine if they were like a fresh set of acrylics, just Cardi B style nails. Yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus! Much as you want, like, these long, red, fresh set of acrylics <laughs> with, like, a little diamond here in each one. As I said, su- quite subtle things. Quite subtle. <laughs> or, I feel like Billy, yeah. Jerry's house housemate, should have been wearing, like, a little French maid's outfit throughout the whole film with no with no explanation why, <laughs> yes. but also should have been speaking in a bad French accent. Definitely. It should... I think, yeah, and as I said, subtle things like that would have just ramped this up a little bit more. Another thing I want to quickly talk about is Jerry's house. Okay. <laughs> what, how fabulous it is. <laughs> only someone at the Limp Wrist Brigade <laughs> would be able to turn a boring suburban home into a gothic pleasure palace. <laughs> no self-respecting hetero would create a dramatic staircase <laughs> with a giant stained glass window at the top of it. Yeah. That's that how would, I'd make it gayer. That, Jerry would give us a house tour. <laughs> Another couple of things that I'd make it gayer with. Sorry, I've got a lot of ideas. No, you go um, for it, girl. The club scene. <laughs> the club scene, I'd have had... The music was a bit camp, but I'd have ramped it up. But I'd have also wanted a full-on <laughs> Romeo and Michelle's High School reunion dance sequence in that moment. This might be a, a queer travesty, but I've still not seen Romeo and Michelle. That's the end so, of the podcast. <laughs> I spent the whole of my life thinking that the Rocky Horror Picture Show is my favourite film in the world. It is actually Romeo and Michelle's High School reunion. That's, that's overtaken it. It's that that impactful. Yeah. Okay, I, I need to check this out. But uh, dance routines all the same. I, I can get on board with so, that. My my final thing that I'd make this film gayer, going back on the scene where Peter Vincent goes in Mrs. Brewster's room and sees, you know, Evil Ned in the bed with the wig on. But <laughs> imagine if it was a full-on, like, wigs by vanity wig. Yes. Front. <laughs> and then Evil Ed gets up and just does wig reveal after wig <laughs> reveal after wig <laughs> yes. reveal. Yes, bitch, work. All while he's like... <laughs> like I love that. his fingers and he just like <laughs> shimmies out of bed and he's got the long nightgown on and then reveals this you, that I, that to me I could, that could like, work we don't want to ha- we don't want to hammer it in your face that we're gay no. but you know I feel like the the animal that he like transfigures into could have been something like hella gay I, I'm trying to think of like a gay animal I don't know instead of like a wolf emerging to attack Peter Vincent I feel like it could have been like a peacock or something <laughs> <laughs> that just came out of the bedroom. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else I'd I'd met. I'd, I mean, it's it's pretty gay. Mrs. Brewster could have had a bigger role as well. I mean, I feel like there is briefly mentioning. Obviously, I think Fright Night Part Two. We need to do like its own episode because yeah, it does need to be its own separate entity because it is. It's again just an incredible, incredible film uh, of the time and the characters, everything. But we did lose like some key players like from uh-huh. fight night like uh, amy uh charlie's mum like these are people mm-hmm. that that i think we should have we should have got back you know? well t- talking about gay things i don't know if you've prepared any or 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 what but i know that there was a section of this podcast that we wanted to do uh about drag queen mm-hmm. entrances uh like uh drag race entrances rather into the workroom so did you have any for any of the characters or any so I'd quite like if if Jerry was on Drag Race. 
yeah and enter the workroom i feel like he'd be obviously holding some fruit yeah he'd take a bite into it and it'd be something along the lines of this is not the only f- fruit i'm going to destroy take a bite into <laughs> it chuck it at the girls <laughs> one of the things i was going to say you know as a possible drag race entrance was it was just going to be jerry just saying i've come <laughs> to suck your then <laughs> into <laughs> that could work Mrs Brewster comes in <laughs> she hasn't even got a catchphrase but she's there and she's offering everyone a Valium props to your mom. yeah a Valium and a Bloody Mary that's the way mm-hmm. I'd make it gayer when we see Jerry drinking his Bloody Mary I'd make it like just the the gayest cocktail like oh, there yeah. would be every colour <laughs> in there <laughs> there'd be a little parasol there'd be yeah there'd be everything I feel like Peter Vincent would have been a really good Drag race guest judge. Yeah, I he'd think be a bit really good if they'd he'd have done like so shady. He'd be yeah. awful. Absolutely. <laughs> the shoes were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd just he'd he wouldn't say anything positive. He'd either just stay quiet if he liked it, or he'd just be saying the worst things ever. And he'd constantly be checking himself in his mirror as well, which is just a key key thing that he does. Oh my god! Everything. When he opens his little compact <laughs> mirror. It's really like Carly Kloss when she was, like, <laughs> looking camp right in the eye. Like, Carly Kloss levels of camp. <laughs> Fantastic. That's how I... I would rate... Carly Kloss levels of camp is how I'd rate this film, I think. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, yeah. It's... it's Even if you don't look at it and think it's it's hella queer, I think you've got to just... The campness is, is there, which mm-hmm. which I personally live for. On the basis of Fright Night... I'd quite like to recommend to anyone out there, if you really enjoy Fright Night, there is a fantastic book that really reminds me of Fright Night, just in terms of it's about somebody has a mysterious next door neighbour move in, turns out they're a vampire, spoiler alert for the book, but it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like in the title, but it's, it's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. I read it the other month, and now I've just finished Fright Night. I kind of want to reread it again. Yep. It's fantastic. It's kind of like Steel Magnolias meets Fright Night meets Dracula. Okay. Um, Sounds interesting. It's quite good. It's, yeah, it's quite camp. It's really, really good. It touches on some like hard hitting themes as well. Like it okay. touched a lot on racial inequality, but it is it's fantastic. So if you really enjoyed Fright Night, which if you've got any taste, you did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I if, if you recommend reading if you've the got book. this far in the also, podcast, <laughs> you've probably enjoyed Fright Night. <laughs> also, if you did enjoy Fright Night, I definitely recommend reading the uh, sequel comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, there's a great scene. Spoiler: alert, Evil Ed comes back as the main villain in it, and there's a scene where he there's like a newspaper article about Peter Vincent, and it's like horror host found in gay club of younger man (laughs) (laughs) wow it's fantastic and evil ed's like pissing himself laughing at the time of of this news article (laughs) well sounds uh sounds awesome i I definitely want to i want to check out more of of like this story because i feel like the canon of the original uh fright night like kind of film i feel like there's a Mm -hmm. lot there's a lot more to it than what we got in that yeah, first yeah. film, and I feel like they went in a very different direction with the, the with the sequel than I think I would have liked them to, maybe in some ways. But yeah, I agree. we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Grady Grady Hendrix. I've got the My Best Friend's Exorcism. Is it? I still, as of yet, have to read it. But oh yeah, it's a fantastic book. I, I know. Uh, I think the Final Girl Support Club or Support Group has just been picked up by the final girl support group yeah is yeah. another one been like the most recent novel um i've literally just downloaded that onto my kindle so i'm going to be reading that next yeah no i definitely want to check that out because i mean it, it just sounds like it's just right up my street but um Absolutely. i don't know this this part of the podcast we said that we'd always try and like recommend some queer media of some sort mm-hmm. I, I i've got kind of two things one isn't necessarily horror but it's something that i really enjoyed i just watched this this week which is uh fresh to netflix i don't know if you've seen it it's called q force the animated yes thing yeah yes. yeah so i mean not horror in the slightest i mean there is there is like one episode which i think throws 
a direct nod to American Werewolf in London with kind of like this zombie oh. guy coming back. But I don't know. I absolutely loved it. I It kind of reminded me of like when I was younger and I used to watch like Ben 10 and Fairly Odd Parents, <laughs> like that kind of vibe. But it's very much, you've got kind of all these stereotypes of the queer community, but it's done in a way that I think is really, really well done. I and really, it, really enjoyed it. Has it got like a queer cast? Yeah, I mean, I believe so. But at the same time, you've got the likes of Wanda Sykes, isn't it? Um, David Harbour oh, voices one of the characters, Ooh. which, I mean, for someone who yes! is... I'm watching it. Is, yeah, I mean... Yes, Daddy! (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really, really good. It was good fun. So I definitely advise checking that out. But looking at maybe something that is maybe more definitively queer and horror, every year I always like to revisit Kim Petras' album, Turn Off the Light. She kind of added to it, I think, the second year. Uh, But it's got Mm -hmm. some tracks in there featuring Elvira. Big fan of hers. Anyway, win, win, win. Nice to listen to that each Halloween rather than like Thriller and the Monster Mash. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I'll, I'll probably be posting it on uh, the Super Freak Media socials anyway, but I have already put together um, a playlist on Spotify called Queer Fear. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool playlist. So I don't, I don't know. I might pop a link in the description of this episode, but it'll be definitely pushed out like closer to Halloween. Another part of the podcast that... I think when we were looking into like what we could do as little sections and stuff, I think we we looked at maybe some true horror stories of the gay community. Mm -hmm. So I believe you have a grinder horror story that you found from Twitter. Is that right? I did. Dim the lights, everyone. I think shit's about to get real. (laughs) So this is by user Kevin Dumash. Who goes on to explain that I met up with a random grinder guy at his house. He had dolls in glass cases all over the house. Was this tricks including his bedroom? After leading me to the bedroom, he spent 30 minutes making a playlist for us to have sex to. Oh no! I've the just said I made a playlist. Part of the sex, I ejaculated to Mba by Hanson. <laughs> I am obsessed with the idea of Grinder or, or her, you know, lesbian apps included, yeah. any sort of hookup app. I'm obsessed with the idea of people's hookup horror stories. So if you do have any hookup horror stories, please contact us on social media. Let us know. And we can keep them anonymous. <laughs> We can keep them anonymous, <laughs> um, or we can, you know, blast out who you are all over social media. But I, I would really like people to send us their hookup horror stories. They're some of my favourite things in the world to read. So please, please, please send them in. Uh, I've found quite a good thread on Twitter now, so I'm going to go through it. Might even also start including some of my own that have happened in the past. Oh, okay. Unless they don't happen anymore, I promise. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you're a taken man. <laughs> this is past tense. Every, everything told past, past tense. tense. It's a minefield out there, guys. So there's definitely a lot of horror stories to tell, I'm sure. There are. They are some of my favourite stories. If I'm around a group of queer people, <laughs> it'll always come back to hookup horror stories it's and never I like normal stuff episodes. though it's never nope. it's like there's always something that just just sits outside the realm of possibility <laughs> do you know what like i mean to by handsome. yeah i mean that that <laughs> being the weirdest part of the story after we found out that this guy had a room full of dolls in class cases yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean was going, i was like oh god he, he got the <laughs> dolls involved but they just turned out to be worse yeah it was just <laughs> i'm never going to be able to listen to that song again <laughs> so thank you for listening uh we really hope you enjoyed the first episode it's been really fun this is only a taste of things to come um I feel like some sort of joke i could have put in there but i feel like i've been quite i feel quite like this that, yeah the, the filth level is has yeah. been quite high on this episode to say this is episode one <laughs> we've, we've got to go easy i can't wait to to delve into more especially for next month 
So next month, with it being, you know, official spooky month and Halloween, there's only one of two films we could cover for Halloween. Yeah. And we went for the for the campest one. Yeah. Sisters! <laughs> oh, look, another glorious podcast. Makes me sick. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're not going to talk about Hocus Pocus. We're talking about Halloween. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Rug pull. (laughs) Next month, we will be talking about one of the greatest movies of all time. We will be talking about Hocus Pocus. I will talk in depth about Sarah Jessica Parker's costume. Um, (laughs) Just Sarah Jessica Parker's. Yeah, because I'm not going to explain why. You'll have to tune in next week. Next month. Next month. (laughs) This is monthly, guys, not not weekly. But what you can do while you're hanging out is to find us on social media and stalk us that way. That was was flawless. (laughs) That was beautiful to watch. (laughs) So, on that note, (laughs) I would really love you to join us next month. I remember the only thing that should be hiding in a closet is a monster or a babysitter killer. So thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. podcast on the super freak media podcast network to show your support be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode thank you for listening